0: Welcome to The Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Angela and this is the Pretty Powerful Podcast and I'm sitting here with Dr. Joni Collins and I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me here. So I wanted to introduce Joni. Um, She's amazing and thankfully a very good friend of mine and I am so grateful for that. So uh, I wanted to give your credentials because you've got quite an extensive list of credentials. You're a very impressive woman. So uh, thank you for (laughs) being here. So Dr. Joni Collins is a doctor of medical science in osteopathic and Medicine. She is NCCPA board certified physician assistant. She is a Florida native and a member of the Florida Physician Assistant Dermatology Society. She is also a member of the Florida Association of Physician Assistants, Georgia Association of Physician Assistants, and the PA Doctors. Dr. Collins has been injecting since 2006 and has focused primarily on facial plastics, head and neck surgery, regenerative medicine, and advanced aesthetic combination therapy. In 2015, Dr. Collins earned her certification as a certified aesthetic consultant and has worked with several physicians' offices and med spas in compliancy protocols and policies. At an aesthetic event in 2015 where she was teaching, Dr. Collins was picked up by a vendor for a large New York-based investing firm in 2015. After pitching her business model to these investors, Dr. Collins co-founded Resoluna Advanced Aesthetic Therapy, a boutique med spa in Baldwin Park, Florida. Her office won the best med spa in 2016 and 2017, and Dr. Collins additionally traveled for AI. AM as a national trainer in PDO threads, platelet-rich fibrin, microcannulas, and advanced combination therapy. She mentored under Dr. Kian Kermini, uh, often seen on The Doctors, and co-chaired classes with Dr. Kermini and the infamous aesthetic YouTube star, Dr. Anil Rajani. Dr. Collins trained many providers nationally over the past decade and has assisted to develop successful aesthetic practices by teaching combination therapy. She has also been active in device development behind the scenes. In 2017, Dr. Collins founded 1228 Mobile Medical Wellness, a traveling concierge aesthetic and regenerative practice that utilizes a 1973 Airstream to serve the uninsured. True to its name, 1228 Mobile Medical Wellness offers a -a one-of-a-kind experience. The Land Yacht Airstream serves as the umbrella of permits and as the vehicle to serve and care for others. Not only is 1228 sentimental to Dr. Collins, but 1228 also marks the anniversary of the first in vitro baby born in the United States. The vessel is a tribute to her beautiful twin daughters that are IVF miracles. In 2020, during COVID shutdown, Dr. Collins moved to Atlanta, Georgia. She opened her second location for 1228, that is a brick-and-mortar practice, This location offers customized aesthetic and regenerative trainings. Providers from all over the United States fly to Atlanta to train with her.
0: So welcome. Thank you. I feel like Anna Partridge in a, <laughs> a lot. No, Thank it's you. incredible
1: though. You've done quite a lot in your in your career. So tell me. I know twelve twenty eight has lots of meanings. And yeah. tell me how that all came about. Twelve twenty eight because it's also a Bible verse. is not it
0: It is actually. It's a Bible verse. We're given spiritual gifts, and it talks about how you know as a church, and a lot of people think of churches like this you have to go to every Sunday and there's all these rules, but it has to do with just the Church of God, God being any religion, any, you know, any faith, and that we all work as a team to use our gifts to serve other people. And so what are these gifts? And um, I believe that God humbly blessed me with the gift to serve others through healing um, and through education, yeah, teaching.
1: Amazing. I love Thank it. You. So I know that um you have been working with – um people with scar therapy. Yes. So how did that come about? And talk to me about the regenerative practice that you've started and kind of what made you go into that particular arena? That's a great question. So it's somewhat stealth of
0: a story, actually. Yeah. I didn't even know that that's what was going to happen. Um, you know, in and, and studying medicine, I really thought I would, you know, cure cancer and do all these things. And for the longest time, I fought being a, quote, Botox PA or an aesthetic provider. Uh, but when I was offered the opportunity to start my own company in Orlando in 2015, I had a lot of patients with melasma, which is like a mask of pregnancy, and a lot of patients with scars. Oh. So it's interesting in aesthetics. People come to you and they're, you know, looking for so-called Botox, but they really have a story of their own, and they've been through a lot of things. And so scarring, whether it's emotional scarring, physical scarring, through trauma or, you know, through there can be good scars, um, you know, and some people want to keep those scars, but there's a lot of people that don't. And so when someone's laying there, you know, receiving a treatment that's somewhat aesthetic, you know, and and seen as, you know, by a lot of people superficial, it's actually healing within because you're speaking to these patients, right? And so as I developed the rapport with my patients in Orlando, I realized there really wasn't a niche opportunity to help people with scars that offered somewhat of a psychological counseling with also a physical healing and transformation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And
1: I know that you're also certified in cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes,
0: I am certified in cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. Uh, I actually was going to, to find it um, to help others, and I ended up meeting it somewhat myself. <laughs> wow. So it's one of those neat stories that, you know, we all have stories of trials and using things that I've been through. You know, at the time, I didn't realize... Why I was going through them, but I, I can tell you it's helped me to serve other people. And that goes back to that that verse of twelve twenty eight right? Right?
1: Serving others. I love it, okay. So tell me a little bit more about um your journey through uh, your practice and your move to Atlanta. Um, you know, I know that it wasn't always easy. doors <laughs> didn't always open for you, right? No, and, absolutely. And
0: lots of doors were shut um, yeah. and timing's everything. Mm-hmm. So, and just being obedient, to trying to just continue to be relentless. That's what my family calls, you know, they'd say, I'm relentless just to persevere through things, right? So, um, and around 2018, um, I actually um, had a domestic violence event uh, occur. And the irony of it was I was working with the child protection team to do sponsorships to help people with scars. Wow. So it was one of those kind of embarrassing moments of, this looks completely fake. Um, Do I stand tall and, and speak about what happened and use it to, to, to help other people or do I kind of feel sorry for myself and, and sit? Well, I actually did both, to be honest. I probably sat there for about 24 hour, hours, felt sorry for myself and thought, you know what? No, that's that's not how this works. Use mm-hmm. this to, to help other people. And so going through, with you know, 2018, 2020, a lot of counseling myself, my daughters, and the psychiatrist had said, you need to move out of state. Wow. Um, you know, and so what do you do when somebody in the medical license recommends that? you do what you do have to do, right? Yeah. What I didn't know was going to be COVID. <laughs> right. yeah. And so, um, you know, at that time I used to teach nationally and I couldn't because I was pretty much back to a single mom. And so, um, you know, if, if not anyone's fault, I hope that's not what the message is, is right, being right. taught here. It's just about using things to, to transform you, and yeah. help. Right. Um, but I moved, you know, here and, um, Atlanta being, a four-hour flight from San Diego, you know, two-hour flight from Texas. So it was a blessing because it, this great airports here that people can come and, and train with me because I couldn't travel to teach them like I used to. Right. So when I first moved here, you could only see one patient an hour. Wow. Oh, excuse me, one patient every six hours because it was COVID regulations. And I thought, uh-huh. oh, lovely. <laughs> How am I going to have income for my children? But through it, um, I did psychiatric counseling um, through a company called Cerebral part-time. And I started off in a one room, 100 square feet, And a little salon studio because it just made sense business-wise if you can only see one person with a massive face? And um, as God would have it, I had a couple of people that wanted trainings because they were so sick of the medical work and the hospital burnout through COVID. And when I saw this one woman named Lindsay, um, she's a physician assistant. She's amazing. Lindsay Shaw Brown. She really encouraged me to use this training to to serve other physician assistant moms. Oh, And so it's really been neat over the past year. I've seen 76 women. Um, and actually, sorry, two men. So how yeah. many four men? Seven four yeah. women, women, two men Transforming being in the hospital setting, not being able to see their children as much to having their
1: own practice or either bringing back regenerative therapies
0: to their practice for scar wow. therapy. Wow.
1: So explain to me and for our listeners what regenerative, I can't even say it, regenerative therapy is. So I, you know, they can explain many different
0: ways. The way I see it is that healing within. Okay. So we all have Blood, we all yeah. have, you know, certain things, and when used correctly and um, in scientific methods that have been researched and studies, it can actually heal things. So, okay. I use your own blood through a process called platelet-rich fibrin. Mm-hmm. that does not have a blood thinner; it's not PRP like the vampire stuff. Okay, <laughs> and that actually burns PRF doesn't. But it's almost like Windex in my big fat Greek wedding. (laughs) Uh Right, (laughs) (laughs) kind of fixes everything, right? Right. So uh, regenerative is somewhat of a healing process, regenerating, renewing, restoring things by using the body's own natural processes and the body as a whole, which
1: is osteopathic medicine as well. Okay, amazing. All right. So tell me a little bit more about. um, So you had your daughters through IVF. Yes, and And who would have thought (laughs) about that journey? That was interesting. Um, You know, I realized how spoiled
0: I was. And at that time, I was around two thousand and seven. So I got married. And quite frankly, to be straight up, I was married because I wanted to have children. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I always did the check, you know, yeah, go like to the school, box. <laughs> get married, have kids. And um my ex-husband, I thought, we're just good, to not having kids yet, you know. And then when you want to have them, we're like, Oh wow, something's going on. Well, as God would have it, I was working in infertility. Oh wow. I ran the polycystic ovarian syndrome clinic and uh we had trouble getting pregnant, so immediately I went to the doc I worked with, and it was a blessings Florida Institute for Reproductive Medicine, Dr. Kevin Winslow. Um, and this goes back to twelve twenty-eight also, using your yeah. skill set to serve others, right? So because someone used their skill set to serve and help my family, I have my beautiful daughters. Yeah. But that was a journey. The first time in my life, I can say I couldn't, you know, study harder. I couldn't run harder. I couldn't pray harder. You literally just had to abandon to God's will and know that, like, eventually, if this is timing, it will happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the back of my mind, I know statistically and scientifically speaking, persevere
1: enough, it will happen. Right. 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 I love it. So, yeah. And I what I love about you is that you are so spiritual and you do, mm-hmm. you know, there are certain things that, you know, in medicine, obviously, you can control and there's science yeah. there, but there's also spirituality there's in There's things you can't explain. There's things that yeah. in medicine, while, you know, you want to say, if A, then B, mm-hmm. not everything happens that way. Way, and right? I think that's almost why I went through it,
0: right? Yeah. Um, the silver lining is I witnessed myself that there's some things science cannot explain. Mm-hmm. There's some things our work cannot explain that we either achieve the goal or we don't, right? And there's a reason behind that trial, uh, you know. And even going through trials, you know, people learn through your failures, not your successes. Absolutely. So I hope that's what people are hearing through this. You know, going through what I've been through, it's not a sob story. It's actually, you know, now that I can stand. Tall in the face of adversity, uh, it's a blessing because it helps me relate to other people, especially my patients. Right, right, uh, and and so it's kind of neat to see, you know, when you can really look back at your life and think, wow, I went through this, I went through this. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, When you were talking about the um, domestic violence, mm-hmm. it's so interesting because I actually went through um, my second marriage. There was a lot of domestic violence, mm-hmm. and so it everybody was so shocked because they're saying, oh, you're such a strong woman. How did that happen? And, you know, I look at you and I think you're a very strong woman, but it it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen where we see it coming. It's, slow fade, it's right? a very slow process mm-hmm. that happens over time. Um, most of the time you have somebody who's very narcissistic, who's very charming on the front end. They're not walking into a relationship abusive, right? Mm-hmm. So it happens over time. And so, I think as women, you know, we can be a strong woman and still find ourselves in a domestic violence situation. And I would even further that uh, to say my hope is
0: that, you know, the person that I went through this with, it's an amazing human being. Mm-hmm. They were going through trials themselves too. Right. And so hopefully they'll use that situation, learn from it, although it's not my job to make them learn from it, right? Right. That was something I had to let go in healing. But that... You know, again, talking through trials, it can be someone who hurt us. Right. That actually then realizes, and it could have been something far worse. Mm -hmm. So praise God it happened to me because I'm pretty darn stubborn. Right. (laughs) Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and so coming through it, you, you learn, I'm sorry, you just learn a lot. You learn, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn, you're able to better identify with other people who have been through it because I can say that, you know, before I went through it, I would say, why would anyone let themselves get in a situation like that? After I got through it, I realized it wasn't because they let themselves. It just is something that you, you can't necessarily you know, anticipate or control. It's like a tornado. If you're in a
0: tornado, you don't realize you're in it until you step out and go, holy smokes, that was an insane tornado, right? Right, right. Uh, But... Again, um, it was at the time, I think, in you know, 2018, was that Me Too thing. And I remember thinking, for the love of Pete, I yeah. do not want to be that person who says, oh, Me Too, blah, blah. Right. You know, I, I didn't even want there to be someone that I cared about being in the story of just what was Me Junk. It was more of just you have to stand up for your children, you have to stand up for yourself. Yes. You because if we're not a part it. of the solution, we're part of the problem. Right. But I can remember being called at the office where I was working by the state attorney prosecuting and saying, uh, you know, just calling straight up, asking me these questions that were just awful and had I not been able to just redirect myself or put myself in the mindset I don't know you know it takes a village but in saying that it made me realize if I'm having trouble through this and I have this mom and dad at home who are supporting me I have these great children I have a job that that is allowing me to go and to go to the you know the court once a week. How do people do it that don't have the means for that? And that's kind of where the 1228 component came in. So I actually have a trademark that I developed. Um, and it's funny because when I had the name of my company, it had nothing to do with a trademark or a service mark or a copyright. But, um, you know, there's 12 months in the in the year and 28 days in the skin cell cycle. Uh-huh. So I have a plan where people come once a month or once every 28 days for 12 months, and it's a restorative plan for internal healing and physical healing for scar or trauma.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and in saying that, I don't know where I was leading with that other than, <laughs> um, you know, just being able to use what I went through to serve and really realize back to even cognitive behavioral therapy, why do we act the way we do? Yeah. How were we raised in our childhood? You know, um, and the thing is my dad and mom have an amazing relationship. So that was the hard part for me to see how did this happen? How did I let this happen? Uh you know, and I, I think sometimes you say imposter syndrome, but as women, as mothers, we feel guilty. Yeah. If we do anything that feels self serving. Right. And, right. I even and have sometimes to,
1: self-serving is saving yourself.
0: Oh, absolutely. And self-serving can be serving others to where you feel guilty
1: almost. Yeah. And that's that imposter thing, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, and self-serving could be something like aesthetics, right? If I'm coming oh, in there absolutely. to get rid of a scar that, you know, I had during childbirth or I had, you know, in some facet of life, like, am I not honoring, you know, that, right. that experience? The tiger stripes of right. abdomen, Adver- <laughs> right? So I
0: always encourage people to put that on me. Right. You know, I was brush off my shoulders and say, put that weight on me because here's the thing, at the end of the day, whether it's Botox, whether it's purple hair, yeah, whether it's pink socks, you know, with brown dental floss that makes you feel better in the morning. I'd put a Cheeto on my forehead if it made me a better citizen, but Right. I didn't hurt want to help them. Uh, so I encourage them to put that on me so they can feel the best. And we encourage game plans on that. Yeah. Because here's the thing, in aging every day, there's nothing worse when you go somewhere for help and you feel like they're selling you things, right? right? So my goal is to teach people to make a game plan so when they come, they don't feel every time, oh, I'm serving myself. Oh, I feel guilty. Right. The truth of it is when you have the best version of yourself, and it sounds cliche, but it's true, mm-hmm. you really can stand confidently out
1: there and use your skill set Right. To serve other people. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I came in recently um, for a treatment and I thought it was so amazing because you you talked to me the whole time and I didn't feel like I was doing, it wasn't like going to a spa. You know, this this felt like a healing process. Thank you. And that's really what I get from, you know, how you serve people and what you do differently. Because, you know, you've been to, you know, we've we've been to spas, we've been to med spas, but with what you do, I feel like there's a there's an element of really truly trying to heal mm-hmm. internally. And and, time, and then that right? takes time. Mm-hmm. Right. And some of the, you know, Looking in the mirror, sometimes the the times that you I was actually just sp- speaking with this um, with somebody else but sometimes when you feel good inside is when you look the best on the outside. That's true, and so there is a correlation of how I feel internally and how I look externally to other people, and it's an energy and an aura and you know a, a vibrance to you. And there's a lot of psychology and aesthetics. Yes. So when
0: people notice something, mm-hmm. and I always I always encourage what bothers you and kind yeah. of give the why, um, not that they have to prove anything, but usually there is a story. Right. And it usually relates to something of childhood. Someone made fun of somebody or mm-hmm. um, a friend hurt my feelings when they pointed this out where I broke my nose because someone punched me in the face. Right? right. Or there's a scar on my cheek because I was stabbed. Right. Those are things that are truly traumatic. Right. And if you're looking every day and you see that reminder, that hurts. Right. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. And so how can someone feel? St- stand tall and, and look at themselves and have that memory unless it's something that they want to keep. And so
1: we we discussed that. Talk to me about how you got into this industry. What what encouraged you to make a start into aesthetics? <laughs> this is actually funny. Yeah. Going back to a partridge a So I actually cheered for the NFL. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, that's where it goes back to just being broken hearted in college and it was my last semester and a boyfriend cheated on me or something cheesy oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. And instead of feeling sorry for myself, I was like, you know what? I don't even know how to put on makeup, but I'm a ballerina and yeah. I am going to go try out for the NFL. And I made it. I <laughs> made the travel team in the USO. US, it's kind of cool. Wow. Uh, but it, it taught me a lot about networking. and And in doing that, the women that I, you know, were gorgeous, smart, brilliant, kind, really wanted aesthetic procedures. And really? And so they'd say, if we're going to get this done, will you please learn how to do this? Do this. So I did. I did it part-time. I was working at the NICU as uh-huh. my first job, intubating babies, running codes, and then going to put red lipstick on at, at NFL practice. But the women there really encouraged me of the art, and I really saw the psychology of it. So... And uh, about 2011, after doing interventional cardiology, trauma—you know, all that saved the world things. Right. I realized and felt true to myself of that I could stand tall and doing aesthetics and and be using my, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, but it is art. It's a lot of art. It's a lot of seeing things in, you know, not just one plane. It's seeing things spiritually. Right. <laughs> and Making game plans and and helping educate. So yeah. We always say educate, empower, serve. So educate
1: others empower them to make good choices and, you know, serve them as well. Oh, I love it. Okay. So um, when you started doing aesthetics, um, you really took it as I'm healing from the inside out, right? Oh, so absolutely. you started, you know, studying psychology and understanding why people get to the point where they feel like they need aesthetics it was and even then how, how can for that also action? help them? Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. So it was not on purpose. The psychology was in
0: behind and, and growing up and just... You know, asking people questions or seeing psych, you know, psychiatric influence in my family for the benefit of therapy or things, just my parents were very proactive and they're educators. Right. Uh, but it was actually the opposite. I was doing psychology and then aesthetics. Wow. Because the joke is, I, I got some rocking eyelashes. If I have eyelash extensions <laughs> and some uh, tinted sunscreen, I'm looking halfway decent, right? Right, right. But uh, I even have a skateboard in my car, which can't really do that great in Atlanta.
1: Right. <laughs> but,
0: um, you know, I really didn't know aesthetics meant. Uh huh. And I think what I want the message to get across is aesthetics is so much. More than just a physical look, or the selfishness, you know, that people see. We all have this this need to want to feel and look good, right? Right. And if, if people don't, I want to encourage them. Why?
1: Right. 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 Well, and sometimes if they don't, it's due to trauma. Absolutely, you know, exactly. it's they want to hide from yeah. the world. And in I get some that way. because I was that person.
0: Right. I would feel guilty if I, you know, curled my hair, or if I wrapped right. eyelashes, or if I had lip gloss it's okay. And right. if, if, if here's the thing, if that's not for you, stand tall on that too. It's not right. for everyone, but then I support that as well. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I agree. I mean, there are, there are people who don't put, you know, they, the, it's not a priority to them and that's a hundred percent. Okay. Absolutely. That's a hundred percent. Okay. And there's so many game
0: really. plans we do too. And that's right. the regenerative part. So hair loss, right. Um, we even do sexual wellness. We, I say we, the mouse in my pocket. Right. <laughs> <I do>. right. <laughs> but, uh, there's so many different things such as, you know, Besides the scar therapy, there's sexual health and wellness, yes, erectile dysfunction, you know, anorgasmia, things as such. And we address all of this, or awesome. I address all this.
1: Awesome. Because again, it goes down to
0: psychology, psychology and medicine together. Uh, and that's where the stealth of the the airstream is. Um, you know, it was it was actually before COVID when I had the airstream. And so it wasn't even known then, this traveling thing and showing up in isolation. It was just a God thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So what inspires you?
0: My mother, my dad, my children, um, you know, my children inspire me because they're like, they're what we have, our future, our legacy. Right. And what we leave Mm -hmm. to them is to me, when I look at God in the face and say, okay, what did you do with what I gave you? I gave you a lot, Joni, what'd you do? And I think about these two human beings that were created out of just complete miracle.
1: Right. There's science,
0: but then there's God, right? Right. Uh, and and to look at them and know that I gave every effort I could to support them it makes me most emotional. Yeah. Um, because I'm so thankful. Right. And uh, it's funny, you know, I don't mind sharing this. I uh, went through in vitro, right, 12 years ago. And then a 42-year-old woman, that's me I actually joking, say I'm 84, but I'm 42. <laughs> I had a miscarriage and it was spontaneous pregnancy on birth control. Mm. And that was that same situation of, oh, wow, what am I going to do with this? But again... What the legacy of leaving that is, how did I face adversity in front of my daughters? Right. Um, you know, I cried for maybe forty eight hours, and then yeah. I got to work. and and then seeing that um, is important, yeah, because you're using failures
1: to make success, right? Right? There's certain things we do not have control over, right. Right. And, you know, them seeing you honor, the miscarriage by grieving and then Absolutely. also being able to pick yourself and that's, up.
0: Yeah. What I hope people hear too is that it's not about just stepping up and moving on. You know, right. there have been many moments of crying and, you know, counseling and hard work behind the scenes that have brought me here. It takes work. It it's does. hard, hard work from every angle possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But there is support out there too. I think that's the message is that mm-hmm. besides leaving a legacy, don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. There actually are good people.
1: Yeah. I mean none of us got here alone no on my no 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 so, no you know nobody makes it to the top alone and we you, all need and you people. could be that one
0: person that makes or breaks someone day like in the intro we were talking about the vendor right big vendor in New York and the hedge biggest hedge fund in the world and uh, this guy I asked him if I could say his name Randy Robertson mm-hmm. amazing human being made a massive difference in my life and a small you know small town dream um, in New York within 24 hours pitching something and had that one person not believed in me, you know, I pray I'd have the confidence I do now, but, it, you know, it was even someone being loyal during failures to teach me right? that right. you can fail, learn from this and be, you know, use it to, to serve other people, be better and to still succeed in thank business. That mm-hmm. uh, was a huge thing. So if he's out there listening, thank you, Randy.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And sometimes it's that one person believing in you when you don't feel like you believe in yourself.
0: And that's my mom and dad. So yeah. that's when you were saying who inspires you. I never knew I couldn't do it. Yeah. My
1: parents literally
0: always made us feel like, oh, you want to do it? You do it. You have to work hard, but you do it. And I yes. can remember cleaning houses in high school <laughs> yeah. to be able to go to college, right? So it was just that that cheerleader in the background, that, that relentless spirit of, I think I can, I think I can. No, we know you can. Right. So I never knew I couldn't.
1: Right. I love it. That's awesome. Um, and I think we all need that support, you know, women, men, everybody, you know, we and, all and need that. And if you don't have a mom or
0: dad there that can do that or a spouse or a sibling, you know, I encourage you to look for different groups out there. And yeah. and this is an excellent
1: resource for that. Absolutely. And, you know, you and I belong to a think tank group. Oh, and I think story. that that Love. does a lot for us, doesn't it? I mean, it it's that group of individuals who collectively we cheer each other on. We support each other's initiatives. You know, we we are there for each other in business. And I think that that has been a tremendous blessing in my life.
0: And I think that's the neatest thing about, about that think tank is that it's the, some of the most successful people you'd ever meet and think, oh, my, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to talk to this person. Right. They're, they're way too cool for me. Right. But I, I will say and being here, it is that think tank that has been there for me, right. that has been supportive without judgment. And so it's okay to, you know, there are big people in this world that are kind. And so Absolutely. Um, seek out resources. But if you don't ask, you can't
1: get it, right? Well, and so that's the thing is like, you know, as women, people are like, well, those opportunities aren't out there for me. There were, there were no opportunities that just came to knocked on my door. Them. I went and got them. That's yeah, so what I said. Are, you <laughs> have to find them. Um, right. Even a business plan. I remember working in cardiology
0: and oculoplastics and... What well, we jokingly called sketchy skins back in the day. Uh, but at night after my children went to bed, I would work on a business plan until three in the morning. Yes. Yeah. It was work. It doesn't yeah. look, it's easy to see from the outside. Ta-da, aesthetics. It's so fun. Right. But right. I cleaned houses on the side. I took extra call to be able to attend trainings.
1: Right. It, you have to invest in yourself. You do. And when you don't see those opportunities presenting themselves to you, you go get those opportunities and you create them. You know, and I worked very, small amounts of time in my life. Most of the time I've been an entrepreneur over the past 20 years. But when I did work for corporations and I realized I wasn't being valued, I stopped working for them and I created my own opportunities. You know, when, when there's not enough recognition, I figure out, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? I can figure this out myself. I don't need somebody to, to recognize my value. I will show them my value. Yeah, you
0: show, I giggle because you had a nicer way of saying that I kind of got in trouble at places I worked because I was so outspoken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, how am I going to, how is this going to work? And it's not that I'm not a team player, but when you're really passionate about something yes. and, you know, ethically you're like that it stops here. I'm not agreeing with this. I'm stepping over the line, I'm that tenth man or tenth woman. Yes, you know it's important to have accountability, and so that's why I created my own, my own business as well yes. because I needed to be able to be a mom, right? But to be able to provide for my children, pay my student loans, uh-huh, you know, for, for medical practice, and even when I moved here, I didn't have a credit card. Wow! So it goes to show it's not like I had this back funding. Yes, I did in 2015 with with investors, right? But when I had my own business, it's it's been done by hard work. It's doable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Try.
1: So, you know, as women, I think we give away our power to so many people. You know, we Mm. say it's because of this person and this person that I'm successful. And, you know, had it not been for my spouse, had it not been for my employer, (laughs) had it not been for this person. And while while everybody in our lives do get credit for where we are, I feel like we are quick to give away our power and not step into our power. So tell me about a time when you gave away your power unnecessarily, and another time when you stepped into your power and why did you make that change and why then? And I wouldn't even say specific timeline. I've just seen the repetition and asking,
0: why am I creating these habits of of, of almost uh, self-sabotage? Yes. Yeah. And I realized I was trying to, quote, save the world, heal the world. (laughs) And that it's not, not that it's not my job. It's just that sometimes people have to have failures to be able to have successes. And that's very hard. Because I would hire all these people that were quote projects. And then when you would, you could actually misempower somebody too much. Right. And then they would turn against you and it would hurt my feelings so badly. And I thought, why am I doing this over and over? Stand tall and feeling that you don't have to have projects because I was a project myself. Right. 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 Uh, and, and, and realizing, you know, yes, it takes a village, but you can do things through hard work on your own. I would say the only thing that I'm not comfortable with saying that wasn't my own is God, and that's because I'm telling you there are things that I cannot explain how I got through them other
1: than God. Sure. God's, your faith. Absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. So when you stepped into your power, it was just taking control of that. Of like, I don't have to um, because. I'm a big believer in you can help somebody so far, but they have to take accountability.
0: Absolutely. They have to
1: step into their own And that's even what
0: happened with the domestic violence event. Right. I can remember that evening. I was getting my doctor of osteopathic medical science. I had a presentation due.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the clapper. <laughs> I was giving a presentation that evening, and the, the occurrence had happened midday, and again, two little girls wow. looking at me. And I thought, this is the moment in history. Right. Where I can either sit here as a victim or be a victor or a survivor. Right. Right. And that's when I to, you know it probably was to my not to my benefit in a court of law, but at the moment that didn't matter. It was more about my children, my safety, myself, and standing in that time. And it almost feels like in slow motion when I think about it. I remember giving a presentation that evening after that event happened. Wow. And my little girls remember that. They don't remember the tragedy. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so so that's
0: standing. That's when I stood in that power. And I remember thinking that's brought me through so many things. If I can get through that. Right. I can get through anything. And even the bed rest. I was on bed rest for eight months with my daughters. Wow. That was harder (laughs) (laughs) than anything, you know, that I've. I've worked for is sitting still sometimes. So that's right. another lesson of this trial is sitting still sometimes is what you have to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I say that the um, you know, the COVID shutdown for my business was almost one of the the blessing of time, you know, mm-hmm. because it was an awful thing that was going on in the world, but it gave me the blessing of time because I was running 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 <laughs> and I didn't want to slow down and so I felt like I was just constantly trying to catch up. Like I my goals were so far ahead and I was just running to catch them constantly and then every Everything shut down in the world. And it was the blessing of time that reminded me of where my passion is. And the passion isn't necessarily in doing the day to day stuff um, with my business. It's, it's the bigger picture, the vision of what yes. we're trying to create, which is serving others, you know, great, having a great place for our employees to work that is, you know, um, supportive and empowering, but also providing an amazing experience for for the patrons at any of our events. And so I stepped back and I looked at the bigger picture, but then I also the blessing of time gave me um, the ability to connect with people. And so I started coaching. I started doing entrepreneurial coaching and Fantastic. finding ways to help others. And that's when I realized women were so in need of a platform and of a voice. And, you know, when I was doing these group coaching sessions, the women were super engaged. The men were fairly aloof because women, we don't have those resources. We don't have those networks. And so when somebody takes the time to say, Hey, you know, let's, let's learn this together. Women embrace it, you know? And so we, we are really quick to say, yes, this is my and opportunity. I, I need to grab it right now. I
0: think the NFL taught me that actually too, because really? you sit there and you
1: look at these women, they're gorgeous,
0: right? On the field. Right. I was joking to say, I was a little boy with a brain <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> with my
0: soccer socks and beautiful and eyelashes. <laughs> it's all about the eyelashes. Right. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> but, um, they really encourage you to stand in service with each other as women and then I'm right. a alumni, right? So I cheer for the Jaguars and there's this woman, Donna um, Windsor. She's amazing. She's a cancer survivor. But she was a testament to just standing with women unified to make a difference and change. And so that's my platform of training. So I teach many women uh, that they can stand tall in business, even in medicine, because they do not teach medicine how to run a business. Right. Yeah. So I took the knowledge that I learned from even failures in 2015 through 17. And it sounds like, oh, with number one med spa. But here's the thing. There's a lot of trial and error and behind the scenes, right? Right. So, you know, it's again about networking, using the, not using, but using what is being presented to you as an opportunity every day. And the other thing I would say is sitting in the uncomfortable, I feel like we're in a Bible lesson, I'm sorry, (laughs) because I'm like, I love Jesus by a curse and I'm I'm a human being and I have major issues too. Everyone does, right? Right. But it's it's being able to say, you know what, this is really uncomfortable. I'm going to sit in the uncomfortable and I'm going to deal with it. So I think sometimes as women, we tend to be busy to keep ourselves from addressing things. Right. Absolutely. So... Even in my practice when people are numbing and they're laying there, you have to sit in, in yourself and think about the uncomfortable, the healing, you know. So mm-hmm. that's an, it's an important part of, of being successful is being comfortable with yourself and sitting in the uncomfortable.
1: Right, right. And, uh, and pushing through it because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be comfortable. But pushing through it is really the key to to getting to the other side. And not making it a habit. Yeah. To to. Feel sorry for yourself, or to self sabotage. Absolutely. So, what would you tell eighteen year old you setting out on the journey of adulthood? What would you What would you say to her? Be
0: strong and courageous. Um, I, my daughter is the Cinderella, and you know, and she always talks about be courteous and kind. And right, I would tell myself be strong and courageous because it's a crazy world out there. Mm. You have to be able to stand up for yourself, but be your own advocate. Um, don't give up. And that sounds so cheesy, but it's the sure. truth. Um, you're your biggest advocate even in medicine when you're Absolutely. getting treatments. Be an advocate for yourself, speak up for yourself, ask questions and be relentless. Yeah. And God has you.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So what do you wish people knew? Wow.
0: That's a hard one. I and mean, you know, I, I've been thinking about what you know, again back to legacy. What do people know? There's so many things that we all want to just say. And that if you had that last moment, what did you know? Mm-hmm um, you know, I think that at the end of the day, we all can make or break someone's day.
1: Right. And, you know, it's
0: not, again, we talked about earlier, not about, you know, satisfying people, but I would really ask yourselves, what is your intention or what's the person's intention and really come from a powerful place of positivity. Um, and, 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 you know, advocate for the best in things, trust with verify, but, Really know that everyone has their own battle they're going through. Right. Right. Be that person to make that person's day rather than break it. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I was um, this morning, I saw a quote and I actually shared it on my social media, but it was, we, we, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Absolutely. And so going into your day and using that as a filter of, am I judging this person harshly because of my own internal filter Or am I seeing what needs to be scene, right? My texts are misunderstood because we see them through how we're feeling at that time. Right. Yeah. We can be offended by something (laughs) just because we just had a moment of, you know, where we felt slighted by somebody and now everything that's going to happen, somehow we become offended, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I've noticed, you know, even with interactions with my son, if I've had a bad day at work or I had a bad phone call, the very next thing he could say something like, Hey mom, I'm going to, you know, do X, Y, Z. And suddenly I'm, I'm, frustrated with him right? and he didn't do anything wrong. You know, but and actually even tell my daughters that. too,
0: if you were a mom, I encourage them always to ask questions. If you're the mom, what would you do? Right. Because then it puts you in someone else's shoes. Same thing with the advice, right? Of, of sure. what would you tell someone they wish they learned? Encourage yourself to ask questions of if you were that person, how would you feel? Yeah. And, uh, you might change the way you do things.
1: You you really will. And I think advocating for yourself, like you were saying, is so important Huge. because I think as women, we don't do that enough. We'll advocate for our kids. We'll advocate for our spouse. We'll advocate for our family. But when do we advocate for ourselves? Like put the oxygen mask on yourself before others. And That's I constantly
0: right. have to remind myself that. Yeah. Right. Um, but thank you for letting me be here. And uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm so, so happy that we had a great conversation and I'm so thankful for your friendship. So, um, thank you for being here and I hope to see you, um, again on a, on a show and wish you much, much success.
0: And to be, you know, I'm, I'm here for, not that I have the time, but I'll make the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's about making time for helping people. And I, you know, if anyone has questions medically or need an advocate, I'd encourage them to reach out. If I don't Absolutely. get back to you quickly, I'll try my best. Right,
1: <laughs> right. And you've got, you know, even more extensive information that they can see on the website at prettypowerfulpodcast.com because we've got your bio up there. So um, I look forward to seeing you soon. So wish you much success.
0: Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast and we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time, and until then, step into your own power.